0: Robert the doll oh if you know you know you know hands have started sweating a little bit or your ears just perked up depending on which way you want to go with this one this is a story if you've never heard of it be prepared this is a trip down the story of what is considered the most haunted doll of all time and after hearing these stories Maybe, just maybe, you'll agree with that title. Killing, Missing, Hidden, the podcast about bad things. Howdy, kids, and welcome to another edition of Killing, Missing, Hidden, your favorite podcast in the world. Don't be bashful. It's okay. I know I'm independent. I know I'm not as glamorous as some of those ones that sit on top of the Apple charts, but we cool, right? We cool. We are. That's not a question. I'm telling you with a knife. All right. So, oh, introduction, right? Okay. this is your first time listening, I'm your old buddy, Brad. I host this podcast about bad things. Usually true crime, but today we're going a little little down a side road. And what a side road it is. Um, Now, first, I'll address the elephant in the room. This was way back when we had a Patreon. This was a Patreon-exclusive episode. And as you all probably know, I really did not enjoy the Patreon experience and so for those of y'all that were smart enough to say you know what Brad's not going to stick with this eventually he will release all his Patreon episodes for free and I will win congratulations you just won because that's what I'm doing this week because I had no time to put together a proper episode and I like this one I normally stay away from you know hauntings and things like that They they're not my jive but Robert the Doll is an exception Now, I will say this, there is a podcast, a very, very, very popular podcast, and a very well-done podcast by the name of Sinisterhood, and they've done an episode on Robert the Doll, and I'm telling y'all, it is the funniest podcast episode I've ever listened to. It's very adult humor, you know, you don't want to listen to it with kids in the car, but they really... I mean, I was laughing so hard I had tears in my eyes. So what I'm offering you is just a pale imitation of what they put together. But, you know, this is a topic that when we recorded it for Patreon, I'd received many, many requests for it. And so I felt we just needed to do it. You know, just rip the bandaid off, get this one done, satisfy you people. Because that's what I'm all about, making y'all happy. I am... Going to start off with a touch of a rant, and I apologize because we don't like this banter stuff generally, but we may be taking a break after this episode for a couple weeks. My mental health has really been struggling as of late. I had a pretty horrific episode last week, and so I may need some extra time to kind of gather my mental faculties while I continue to, you know, be a husband be a, a father. Be a employee. Be a, <laughs> a a football coach. Be a be be a Christian, and and all that stuff that that takes up ninety nine percent of my day. You know this this is one of my one of my favorite little happy things to do. So I don't like giving it up, but it does take a lot of work. Uh but I am working on an episode that I'm hoping I can use this two time these two weeks for to put together uh a really an episode I've been wanting to do since the podcast started and but I've been wanting to do it right in my opinion so I'm gonna use this time to try to build that up and hopefully it's worth it otherwise, you know I'll just have pie on my face I guess uh, I'm also going to once again pimp out. Since we don't have the Patreon, and I just despise the idea of monetizing this podcast any more than I have to. We do have our new little merch store. We rotate the stock every month. That's going to be our deal. There's 12 items up right now. Some of the shirts are pretty cool. Uh, When we went to the podcast festival in Savannah, people were really, really interested in them. Just check them out. If you don't like them, you ain't got to buy them. But if you like them, they're very good quality shirts too. Like I've used some merchandising things previously and it was crap. This one I'm very happy with. So just go to kmhpodcast.com slash shop. You'll see the 12 items there. Once October rolls around, I'm taking crap down and putting up new designs. So if you see something there that you like, go ahead and order it. If you live in the U.S., you get free shipping. I can't afford to do free shipping to other countries because the price jumps dramatically. And I'm trying to keep it as cheap as I can for y'all because, you know, I don't want to charge $45 for a simple t-shirt. You know, try to keep it in the $20 to $20 to $30 range if at all possible. But I don't control a lot of things on here, much like most of my life. All right, but I do control this part of the podcast and I... This, this is one of the longest intros I've had in a while. It, it looks like we're going to top six minutes here. So I've, I've really worn your ears out already. I apologize. Um, I know you don't want to hear about me and my life. So uh, let's start talking about dollies. Okay. All right. So I know what you're thinking. We're doing an entire episode on a doll, right? Oh, yes. Yes, we are. Yes, we, this is why you are a loyal subscriber, because you're going to listen to a story about a doll. This ain't no Cabbage Patch doll. This ain't, you know, a Tickle Me Elmo. This is something, whoo, this is something that, th- this is just a really freaking haunted doll. Unbelievably haunted, okay? So we're just going to jump into the history of how this Insepid creature of evil ever came to exist in our world. Now, Robert is a one of a kind handmade doll from the Steiff company out of Germany. And he was made somewhere around the turn of the century, not, you know, the 21st century, but back, back in the, you know, 1900s, right around there. We still use that phrase, even though it's kind of inaccurate anymore. Um, so anyway, uh, now, The Stife Company was actually a really big deal, or at the time it was, because they kind of made stuffed animals for kids a thing. The first round of teddy bears, named after U.S. President Theodore Roosevelt, were made by the Stife Company. So it was this cute little, you know, plush animal making factory that created this toy straight from hell it appears from what we could find researching it that Robert was specially designed to resemble the boy that he would be given to. Obviously the boy comes from money because, you know, I mean, I, nobody's ever made it all. It looks like me now there, you know, there's lots of issues as to why you wouldn't do that, but, uh, mostly because, uh, uh, an artist would look at this and say, I'm not in the end, uh, you know, we, we don't create mutants. Um, anyway, Robert, you know, is not like this little baby doll that you see kids carry around today. He was 40 inches tall, all right? He wore a specially designed sailor suit, and his face was painted in that horrific, terrifying, jester-like manner that you see on all the marionettes and things like that. You know, just absolutely terrifying. You see it, and you want to die. And you probably poop your pants. The doll was commissioned by our young boy's grandfather as a birthday gift in 1904. So that's the century. Again, that's the century we were talking about where it turned. Now, the boy's name was Robert Eugene Otto, and he loved the doll so much they became best friends immediately. Little Gene, and he's like me, he's cursed with having to live with his middle name. Uh, decided that he loved his new doll and best friend so much, there was only one first name for this doll that would do, and that would be Robert, Gene's own first name, okay? Now, you may have mentioned, heard me mention this offhandedly in the past. You've probably, if you know anything about Robert, you've heard it from other sources, but even though Robert was made back in the early 1900s, he still exists. And he is on display at the Fort, Fort East Martello Museum in Key West, Florida. Not an easy place to get to. You know, Key, Key West is a destination, not some place you just pass through. But he is on display there all the time, locked in a glass case with his favorite stuffed toy, a little doggie. And all around this display are warnings. You know, you do not mess with Robert because he knows how to get revenge. And there are story after story after story we can go into on that. But, you know, we, we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves here, right? All right, so back to Gene and Robert. They didn't have the most healthy of relationships, Or I guess it's more fair to say that, you know, Gene had an unhealthy obsession with Robert. Like that sailor suit, when I say it was specially designed, it was, but it was not specially designed for Robert. It was specially designed for Gene, but Gene insisted that Robert wear it. And as Gene ran around the house and played and did whatever kids did back in 1904, he would you know reference Robert to his family and friends as if he was a real person, you know, like a brother almost so we're we're in the territory of like an imaginary friend almost right oh no 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 no, <laughs> nobody had an imaginary friend like this, okay, I promise just just listen on, okay, so Jean began having these little experiences mishaps perhaps we could say things around the house would break or go missing there were messes that would be made and you know gene's parents you know well i didn't move it no you all right well it must have been gene you know you always blame the kid as a parent it's just the easiest way out So they would go interrogate Gene about, you know, how did this vase get broken? Or why were all the clothes that I just folded just tossed into a pile? And Gene's response was almost always, Robert did it. Or, slightly more creepy. No, not slightly. We're talking a new degree of creepiness. Gene said, okay, okay, okay. I did it, but I had to because Robert made me. So, yeah. Typical child stuff, right? Except for the fact that, like, when you talk to Gene, Robert was in his ear almost 24-7. He said he would wake up and see Robert sitting on the bed, just on his own, talking to Gene, or watching Gene sleep. I mean, that look, this is odd. And, you know, as a parent of one of my children came to me with this, We'd just have to burn the toy right then and there. There'd be no way around it. But, you know, his parents didn't want to make a scene about it. They didn't even really want to call in a pediatrician or anything like that. Now, Gene's parents actually kind of believed Gene because... They would hear voices they couldn't account for in the house, particularly at night. And it was a deep voice, a deep, unsettling voice, according to some sources. And this voice would answer Gene's questions. When he would be, you know, jibber-jabbering with Robert, he would get responses that were audible to more than just Gene. Now, once the parents kind of put two and two together and were like, you know, our kid's talking to this doll and the doll's talking back, that's probably not good. Things started to slowly get worse. No, that's not a fair way to say it. Things got worse in a hurry, okay? For example, like, nights later... One of Gene's parents was awoken by Gene just screaming his head off. And when the mom or dad went to investigate, it's a little unclear who got there first. They found Gene sitting in the middle of his room on the floor, crying with every piece of furniture he owned turned over. Okay? Now, think about antique furniture because that's that's the time period we're dealing with, right? That was made out of good some good stuff. That that you know you bought a wood dresser, it was a wood dresser, right? And you ain't gonna have no little kid turning it upside down. And yet that's exactly what his parents walked into is a room in total, absolute disarray. And of course Of course, Gene blames it on Robert. And Robert's just kind of hanging out, like literally just kind of chilling up against the bed, leaning there. Like, yeah, I did it, so what? Then, within a few days after that, Gene's toys would start to be found in strange places. But they weren't just found. You know, it's not like he was just hiding his favorite Ball or yo-yo in a kitchen cabinet, okay? Like, the toys would be, I'm going to use the word mutilated because a lot of them were other stuffed animals and they would be ripped in kind of horrific ways if they were living creatures. And again, Gene would say, I didn't do it, it was Robert. Robert does this at night, I can't help it. Soon, the story kind of got beyond just the immediate family. Because, you know, they they were the upper crust of society at the time. So, of course, they had to host parties, invite people over, and just generally be social. Everything that I hate, they had to do to maintain their standing in the community. And so, like, people would kind of have experiences with Robert, too. Now, once, there was a plumber. You know, obviously a subhuman to these people, but he had been hired to make some repairs around the auto's home, and he reported hearing a child running around and laughing. Totally normal, okay? You got a a kid in the house, he's going to be making noise in some annoying way. But the plumber was told the house was empty while he was going to be working there. And when the plumber kind of poked around to see had somebody snuck in, did they actually leave? You know, what am I dealing with here? He found our boy, Robert, not where Robert should be. He had uh, he had moved basically from the from Jean's room out to the living room and was just chilling on a chair out there. And Robert had. The plumber noticed when he arrived that Robert, when he was set up in Gene's room, was kind of surrounded by toys sitting in this chair. You know, it was a probably something his mom did to make it look pretty because a little boy wouldn't do that, right? When the plumber kind of went to go see if maybe there was another doll that looked like Robert in the boy's room, uh, all those toys that were in Robert's lap were, like, everywhere. It was like... They opened up a bingo machine and just let those toys fly wherever they landed. So you get stories like that from visitors at the time. Most, most of them are mild, you know. Here's this weird voice. Here's some scuffling around. Um, honestly, it, like the comedic side of me thinks of the episode of Seinfeld which I hope you watch so you can appreciate this, where Jerry and Kramer trade apartments. And it turns out Kramer's got a ventriloquist dummy. And Jerry is convinced that it's alive because he hears all this scurrying throughout the night. But that's kind of like the, the easy version of Robert. You know, level one Robert right there. Now... All right, so Gene, you know, of course, grows up as a boy, relatively normal and healthy, all things considered. And when he's old enough, he tells his mom and dad, look, you know, y'all can't control me. I'm an artist at heart. I need to go to art school. And back then, that was like a real career. So (laughs) they agreed, and he went off to Chicago, New York, and Paris all to study art. And after Robert had finished this you know academic tour de force, he came home from Paris to Key West to see his family. They were so excited to see him, and he had a surprise with him. Robert or Robert, oh my God, I'm confusing the two. Help me, God. Jean is the human boy. <laughs> Robert is the devil child. So Gene goes off to Chicago, New York, and Paris. He comes Paris back home to Key West. And he arrives, and he's got a surprise for his parents, and they're a little shooketh because Robert's gotten married. He fell in love in Paris, and he married a woman named Anne. Now, what Anne didn't understand in this whole arrangement is you don't marry Jean without also marrying Robert. Now, it should be noted that while Gene was off studying his art artistry stuff, Mama took Robert and locked him up in the attic. And there during this time there were multiple reports of school children walking to school, because apparently the Otto's house was very close to the schoolyard. And they would see something in the attic window. It would run along you know you'd see this kind of blurry shadow run back and forth or, or sometimes you just see robert the doll sitting there in a rocking chair with the chair rocking as he watched all of those tasty human souls walk by like it got so bad that kids would you know walk along the sidewalk get to the auto house Cross the street, continue down the sidewalk, then cross the street back to where the school was. And rumors started getting around because people were seeing this and they were like, kids, what the heck are you doing? Just walk, you know, that's stupid. And they would say, We're not going near that house. There's a crazy killer doll up there. They were the only ones that understood the situation, of course. Well, Mr. Otto eventually caught wind of these rumors because, you know, it's going to affect his standing in society. And so he decided to investigate. And he went up into the attic, which, by the way, was padlocked. And he sees Robert just kind of casually sitting on a chair. It's his rocking chair, and the chair is, in fact, rocking. So Mr. Otto did what any reasonable person would do in this situation. He turned around and locked the door and then put a new lock on the door. (laughs) So it was double locked. Robert was not getting out of there. But all right, back to Gene coming home and all that. So Gene's back in the house, and Robert's set free from the attic. And saw Robert and instantly was like, yeah, I don't think so. No, this this, this may be a deal breaker. Now, she was able to kind of reach a truce with Gene. She was like, okay, you, you know, it's your childhood toy. He was your best friend growing up. I get it. We're kind of married now, so why doesn't Robert, you know, live upstairs in the attic while we live like normal humans in the rest of the house? And Gene was cool with it on the condition that he could kind of improve Robert's accommodations. And Anne was like, You do whatever you want with that crazy thing. Um, just don't bring him down here where I have to see him. So he goes up there, and literally Robert buys Gene. Um, Robert buys Jean. God, I'm doing it again. Gene, again, the human, buys Robert, again, the devil doll, um, a brand new bed, a brand new couch, a few chairs and a nice table to sit at, and just other furniture that you would need for a bachelor pad. Because you know, Robert wasn't tied down. He also bought Robert lots of toys so he wouldn't be bored up there. And one of the toys he gave him was what became Robert's favorite toy. It was the teddy bear that Gene had that Robert kind of claimed when he was little. But old, you know, even the nicest of prisons is still a prison, right? Haven't we heard that in lots of different TV shows and other more entertaining places? So Robert wasn't really jiving with this arrangement as much as Gene had hoped and definitely not as much as Anne had hoped. So when Gene would go out to work during the day, Anne would hear footsteps in the attic. Like consistent, running, freaky, oh my God, we need to run from this house sort of footsteps. Gene's theory on this is very comforting in that he thought Robert was looking for a way to get out of the attic so he could explore the rest of the house. Which, oh, when that you jump to that conclusion, there's something wrong in your life. Anne would kind of try to mitigate what Robert could do, but with very little success. She would go up to the attic from time to time and kind of move Robert around so he would be far away from the window where, you know, people wouldn't walk by and say those folks is cray cray. And within a couple of days, you know, she'd be walking home from the grocery store or whatever women were allowed to do back in this time frame, And she would see that, that doll just looking down on her. Like, yeah, I'm back in my rocking chair. What you going to do about it? Again, You know, Anne's not the only one who's kind of terrified of this thing. You've got the school children in the community who know it, who have seen it. They can smell and detect evil. And they're spreading rumors everywhere about this weird doll. And it was all, like, based around Robert's gaze. Like, everybody said his eyes would follow you. And it was just the creepiest thing. And so... Robert kind of became a mini-celebrity in his own right down in South Florida or in Key West. And people would actually come by to visit Gene and 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 also kind of try to work their way into, so oh, that doll you got upstairs, what's to do with that, you know, sort of conversation. And the folks would hear, you know, footsteps coming from above. Um... Sometimes, if guests were left alo- alone in a room, things they owned would be moved, particularly you know, handbags from women, coats, those sorts of things. And it really reeked of a child being mischievous, you know, just kind of wanting some sort of attention, even if it's not positive attention. Well, all while all this is going on, like, you know, again, Gene has studied art and he's gotten pretty good at it. And so he becomes a bit of a well-known and accomplished artist. And because of all the hubaloo surrounding his house, it kind of became like the artist house in Key West. In fact, it was called the Artist House. A very creative name. So like you know the uh, Key West is a very kind of eclectic place with that seems to attract artistic souls anyway so these fo- folks would come over see what Gene was working on discuss their own works and was interested in it you know as long as Robert wasn't acting like Annibal from the Muppets upstairs and they enjoyed that to a degree um But going back, you know, again, Gene and Robert's relationship never was healthy like a boy and doll's relationship should be. Gene wouldn't paint anywhere but in the attic with Robert sitting right next to him. And Anne never heard anything like... Jean's parents did as far as like the conversations and somebody actually responding to what Jean was saying, but she did hear the best description I saw, or what seemed like the most fair description was, Anne heard Jean engaging with Robert in some manner or fashion. So that's really the story of Robert and Gene. They were best buds. Robert loved them. But Robert also, you know, is full of brimstone and hellfire and has to do evil things. And, of course, Robert's going to live forever while eventually Gene, his human form, fails. And he ends up passing away in 1974. Anne's response was basically, you know, when the Runner runner is running through the desert in those old cartoons and he's getting away from Wile E. Coyote, that was Anne and the artist's house. You know, she just left. She didn't care. She literally sold the house to the first person who made an offer. And it was a woman by the name of Myrtle Ruder. Now, when she sent movers to get her stuff, and I'm sure this was totally an oversight, Anne forgot Robert, so Robert was stuck up in the attic, which is just a shame because you know he wants to travel the world, he wants to do whatever evil abominations made out of wood and 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 horrible I don't know there's probably goin trails in there, I don't know. He, he want, you know, he wants to live his life. But anyway, Yeah, I'm sure it was one of those Anne was just absolutely devastated when she realized the error. But that made Myrtle Robert's new mommy. Now, there's not near as many reports about Myrtle and Robert's relationship as there is Jean and Robert's relationship. Now, Myrtle had a daughter... And it was the daughter who found Robert locked up in the attic not long after they moved in. And she was very excited to find Robert. I mean, 40 inch tall doll. That's that's pretty cool when you're a kid. The daughter's energy seemed to give a spark of life to Robert because he started acting up again. But he didn't act up in the traditional way. He acted up by taking his frustrations out on this little girl which lasted for a while. Again, they bought the house in 1974. Myrtle sold the house in 1994. So for 20 years, she's shacking up with Robert, and that poor daughter, I hope, got out of there as quickly as she could. Now, I read at least one report that Myrtle actually sold the house in the 1980s, but decided to bring Robert with her. And I really, really hope that story wasn't true. And I don't think it was, because, you know, like that's just not a cool move by a mom. You know, when your daughter's saying, That horrifically freakish doll is tormenting me and giving me nonstop nightmares, that's not one of the first things you pack, in my opinion. I'm not a mom, I'm a dad. But I would uh I would take Anne's approach on this and just overlook packing robert but we know in 1994 the house was sold i don't know what happened with the sale in the 80s i don't know if it fell through i don't know if if myrtle decided she just had to stay in the house whatever we know for certain it was sold in 1994. new owners move in they find robert and they're like no 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 like we have a little bit more sense than everybody who's been living in this house for the past 90 years. So Robert was donated to a museum in Key West. The museum is the same one Robert resides in now, and it it his permanent home instantly became a massive tourist attraction. Like people had heard these rumors, they were starting to spread. And of course, in the late 90s is when the internet really first gets up and going. And so the stories of Robert just start spreading like wildfire and people are like, I got to see this haunted doll. I'm going all the way down to Key West to enjoy the scenery, see where Ernest Hemingway got drunk, and then, you know, check out this haunted doll. But there's a problem because Robert Robert's not a friendly guy from what we can tell. It's actually considered dangerous to visit Robert, okay? Remember when I said about the museum, how they have warnings up and all that crap? Bad things happen when you visit Robert, okay? So, now, just to clear this up, for the artist's house, since Robert was donated, there's been no talk of paranormal activity whatsoever, So I think it's safe to say that he was probably the cause of it. Now, when you get to the Fort East Martello Museum, before you are allowed to visit Robert, you have to go through this mini training class. I'm not joking on this, okay? So here's the rules should you ever go. First, you have to properly greet Robert by introducing yourself to him. If you ever wish to take his picture, you have to ask him for his permission. And before you leave the museum, Robert expects you to say goodbye. You're a guest in his little world, and you're expected to act accordingly. You are to remain respectful at all times. Never joke, never bang on the glass, never do anything along those lines. One just dumb comment made at the wrong time, can draw his ire and his wrath. Now, for those who don't believe the warnings, you know, you see the signs and you're like, whatever, dude, it's a doll locked in a glass case. How is that going to hurt me? The museum staff also displays letters that have been written to Robert begging for forgiveness. Yes, I'm not kidding. And we're not talking a dozen letters. We're not talking a hundred letters. There are thousands upon thousands of letters of people writing to Robert, writing to Robert, asking for his forgiveness, sometimes even including a small gift, like some chocolate or something that a, you know, a young boy would enjoy. According to the museum staff, they receive somewhere between one to three letters per day just for Robert, okay? So why are these people writing to a doll for forgiveness, you know? It's not like you're going to a a confessional with a priest. Why why would you care what this doll thinks? Because you kind of get this curse put on you when you mess with Robert. You know, bad luck just seems to follow everybody who doesn't do what the staff says. And even sometimes if you do. Now, the most common punishment, if we want to call it that, is electronic devices tend to go kaput. Uh, For example, one reporter made the mistake of disrespecting dolls in general in front of Robert in his presence. When the reporter um, went to write her story, which we've got in the show notes. She talks about how her flight home was delayed and then canceled. When she finally found a flight to get home, her luggage went missing without any trace, according to the airline's tracking system. Her luggage just blipped away. The plane she was supposed to go on had massive electrical problems. And nobody could explain any of this at the airline. Like, You know, they barcode the luggage so they can track it. Well, for some reason, hers wasn't barcoded and tracked. They check these planes a million times before they go up in the air, and this electrical problem just popped up out of nowhere. So, in an abundance of caution, having heard all the stories and all that, the reporter and her boyfriend each sent an apology email to Robert Then went to bed. All right. The next morning, like less than 24 hours later, they're awoken by a phone call. Their luggage had been found, but it had been put on an airline the reporter claims to have never flown on in her entire life. Now, of course, none of this is massively significant if you take it in a vacuum, but. When you take the story of Robert, the alleged curse, and then you see what happened to this reporter, it's it's odd. It's an odd coincidence, all right? Other reports have been a little more aggressive slash concerning. There's people who have been in automobile accidents shortly after visiting Robert. A few have complained about suffering burns. When they go to wash their hands, the water will just instantly jump up, you know, 30 or 40 degrees. Um, People have, you know, just been walking out of the museum to go to their hotel or to their vehicle and out of nowhere tripped over something they didn't see and broken their ankle. Uh, they've lost jobs while they're on vacation in Key West. Like they will literally get a phone call from their boss saying, I'm sorry to tell you this, but we've had to eliminate your position. Uh, And it's a rumor that Robert has even caused marriages to fall apart. No details on that one. I'm guessing it comes down to, one party believing in the curse and the other party saying you're insane i'm not writing an apology letter to a doll and then it just turns into a jumanji like situation until they decide to split it is rumored that robert will visibly react if he does not approve of you okay listen to that he will you will see this inanimate object move if he does not like you all right so if you do go visit Robert and then you see him move. If you have the time, buy as much life insurance as you can afford. Uh, in show notes, there's a YouTube video I've got of where you can see Robert moving. And again, he's locked in a glass case. He's isolated from the world. So I'm giving the benefit of the doubt that it's not some sort of hoax, but maybe this is how the museum keeps her doors open. I'll just let you judge for yourself. I'm on the believing side with this one because it's just too much. Uh, There are more videos than what I've posted. Some of them show him, like, really moving. Uh, You know, it's not just like a slight turn of the head. It's it's almost like he's ready to play drums. The museum staff claim that if you speak to Robert and he moves his head... That's his most common way of saying you are not welcome. And they suggest that you apologize, tell Robert goodbye, and you leave the museum to be safe. Like I mentioned, some guests once they've had a run in with Robert will try to make amends sometimes by sending gifts and the museum staff insists that Robert really enjoys sweets. So if you come to visit, Robert, you know, kind of a, a a play you can make to protect yourself from his vengeance is to bring some candy with you, leave it on the shelf of his little glass prison. Uh, again, if you do suffer his wrath, go ahead and, you know, mail him off some chocolate. Uh, the museum staff <laughs> reports that some people have even left... Joints, no marijuana, the devil's lettuce. And the staff really isn't very tolerant of those offerings. Plus, Robert's just a boy. He can't be doing drugs, people. I mean, let's have some common sense here. So we've covered all of this, and it's just this bizarre... I mean, it's like the bizarre ramblings from a dream I had. But it's all documented. You can look it up. So we got to ask, what's the deal with Robert? You know, why is this toy considered to be the most haunted doll in the world? Well, first of all, no one's quite sure. But there is kind of one overpowering legend that you see a lot. There's no evidence to support it. It's just one of those word of mouth. This is what happened, you know. I know the real story. Wink, wink, nod, nod, sort of deals. Now, obviously, the Otto family, very well off, like we mentioned. And because they were well off and because of the time period, they employed several servants. Those servants would live on the grounds of the house. So about the time that Robert was gifted to Jean, Mr. Otto had fired a young Caribbean servant girl. Somehow. These details are fuzzy. It changes on whatever story you read, you know. Everybody's got their own version. But basically before the young servant girl left the property, Robert came on the scene and she was like, "I'm getting my revenge. You know, you ain't just going to toss me out on the street and one day you're going to see me my name up in lights and Broadway and so not only will you be cursed with what I'm laying down, you're going to be cursed by seeing me making millions of dollars." Now, I don't know about the second part because I totally made it up, but the first part is true if you believe this legend. This girl was a practitioner of voodoo, and she decided to curse the doll, filling it with an evil spirit or evil spirits. The details, like I said, it changes based on the storyteller. Um, you know, some claim, some versions say that the grandfather was, you know, far too important to wait around on his grandchild. So he just had the servant girl deliver Robert to Jean. Others claim that the grandfather actually never bought the doll. But the staff after the Caribbean girl was fired, I shouldn't say, after the servant girl was fired, um pretended that this doll came from Gene's grandfather when it was really just just concoction of herbs and other evil stuff designed to make life in the house awful. Another popular theory is that Otto, the Autos employed a husband and wife couple from the West Indies and Mr. Otto was a little bit sweet on the wife, and they started sleeping together. Something bad happened. The most popular of the details you get from this story is Mr. Otto forced the woman to have an abortion, and this caused the wife to you know, vehemently turn against the Ottos and just hate them with everything that she had. And it's said that her anger was so great that the spirit of her aborted child took residence inside of Robert and he or she was the force that made this doll such a nightmare. So regardless of which version of the story you believe or you're told, you see the same common things, okay? It's a voodoo curse from a non-white young woman or her friends in response to some perceived wrong by this wealthy white family. Considering the time period, it's really no surprise the legends would blame people of different ethnicities for using this devilish power to curse a white family. But that's what you see. There is an author by the name of David Sloan, and he has attempted to write a book on the history of Robert, but things keep getting in his way. (laughs) He's had many, many difficulties. David has visited Robert multiple times, and almost like clockwork, after he leaves from visiting Robert, something happens to his computer. He has lost four hard drives all in the course of trying to write this book. Text worry, tech. The technicians that worked on his computer to try to save his manuscript were able to reco- recover almost everything from the hard drive three times, but all three times, the only thing they couldn't save was the manuscript. I mean, every stinking time. Sloan eventually consulted with a medium who said that, look, you got to put that manuscript in a fireproof safe. That's the only way you're going to keep it safe from Robert. And she warned him, look, you can keep on writing this book, but if you don't get Robert's permission, you're going to end up with something bad happening to you, okay? And she was of the opinion that that, Mr. Sloan would probably end up with cancer or some other life-threatening disease. Sloan claims that while he was working on the book, too, one night when he was in a particularly defiant mood and had written some choice thoughts about Robert in his uh, draft manuscript, he woke up to being pulled out of bed and held in midair for several moments before being thrown to the floor. And as best as I know, that book has never been finished. (laughs) Um, One more creepy Robert story. So this is from an anonymous writer who claimed to have visited Robert. She says, look, I followed all the rules they told me to do. I, I went to Robert. I asked for his permission to take a picture. I did. I said goodbye when I left. But that evening, she went to bed, and she woke up in the middle of the night with a horrible, horrible rash that basically ran from her armpits to her hands. You know, her whole arms were covered in this red, burning rash. On top of that, her lips swole, you know, to comedic sizes. She instantly got online, and the first thing she searched was not WebMD or, you know, the location of the nearest emergency room, she knew that she had done something to offend Robert and she wanted to know what rule she had broken. When she started going through it, she couldn't find the answer to her query. And so in frustration and realizing, you know, that she probably needs medical care, she starts closing the tabs on her computer and one won't close for whatever reason. It... it, hangs up there, you know how internet browsers are. But on this occasion, the hang-up was a good thing because there was a rule that was written down that she either did not hear or it was not told to her. And it was a simple rule. But it was phrased in a really, really creepy way. She claims this website, whose tab wouldn't close immediately, that stayed on her screen for several seconds, was literally nothing more than a white page with black text on it. And there wasn't a lot of text. All it said, if you believe her story, all it said was, quote, you did not say where you were from. And that's it. And that's it. So that's the story of Robert, okay? Again, allegedly the most haunted doll in the world. The stories certainly back up that claim. If you are interested, you can, again, go visit Robert down in Key West. If that's not enough for you, you actually can stay in the artist's house. They've turned into a B&B. And I believe you can even stay in the attic where Robert used to hang out. There's, now again, it's not, you know, the haunted house sort of B&B that are, are so popular. It's a regular one because all the paranormal activity was reportedly gone when Robert was shipped out of there. Interestingly, the Artist house is the second most photographed house in Key West behind only Ernest Hemingway so that doesn't have anything to do with the story it's just some free knowledge for you so that's it that's our story Robert the doll that is a story that has just always creeped me out I mean the you know look stories from the 1900s aside legends of you know, of a, a servant girls casting voodoo curses on this family. Yeah, you can throw all that to the side. What gets me and has always gotten me are the letters. The fact that people feel like they have wronged this doll in such a way that they need to write to him to ask for forgiveness. And when they do that, their life goes back on track. And that's just creepy as crap to me. I mean, my goodness, y'all can get as mad as you want at me. I can't do nothing to affect your life within reason, with insanity. Uh, you know, I, I, you can write me a letter and apologize. There's nothing I can do to improve your life. It just is what it is, okay? One visitor apparently told the museum staff and this was cute to me that she thought Robert was put on earth to teach the world manners. That's adorable. And maybe it's true. I don't know. Her guess is as good as mine, but I just didn't think, you know, the demonic realm would be so concerned about such petty matters. So if you ever happen to travel through Key West, stop by, visit Robert. If you have the guts to take a selfie with him, let me know, okay? I'll even send you some KMH swag for doing that because that that's going to take some gumption. And you know, if if you're willing to come on here and share your story and what it was like and what consequences you faced and things like that, you know, we'll we'll bless you with even more goodies. So, I don't You know, I I keep my kids kind of sheltered from a lot of evil-type stories. And maybe this one falls into that category. Maybe it doesn't. But, you know, I haven't really rubbed this in their face. So I didn't, you know, Mr. Eli, when he wants to do his joke, he always wants to know what the topic is, what the story's about, and all that. And so I don't have him available to give a joke for this episode for that very reason. But... But I am coaching a youth football team, and one of my players told me a joke this week that seems like it's an adequate substitute. I think Eli would approve of this joke. And it happens to come from a listener's son. So thank you, Elizabeth, for having your child share this joke with me. All right, here we go. What is the difference between an apple and an orphan? The difference between an apple and an orphan. An apple always gets picked. Yeah, yeah. A 10-year-old told me this joke, and so I'm passing it along to y'all. That's going to do it for this episode. Again, congrats to all of y'all that outweighted our Patreon. You got this episode for free to all of you who supported our Patreon and are disappointed that you're getting a retread. I apologize. I have obviously re-recorded this, so hopefully it sounds a little bit better. Hopefully there's a little bit more meat on the bone for you. Hopefully it's worth your time. Even though we don't have the Patreon anymore, and to that I say thank God, uh, know that I always appreciate y'all's support. The way that y'all go out and share stories that we have on here with your friends, with your coworkers, means so, so freaking much to me. And, you know, having done over 130 episodes at this point and y'all still keep coming back. And in fact, the numbers keep growing at a crazy rate. I mean, where we're getting ranked as one of the top 20 crime podcasts out there by certain sites. When we have a listenership that ranks us in the top 1% worldwide of all podcasts, it's really humbling. And I really appreciate it. And so, of course, I have to try to capitalize off of that and talk you suckers into spending money. So, again, just check out our shop. That's all I want you to do. I fit a lot of time into it, okay? I'm not a computer guy, and I made it work. I'm really proud of this, you know? it's like it's like when your four-year-old finishes their first lego set you know no matter how simple and basic it was you make a big deal out of it to make them feel better okay somebody make me feel better about this you know give me a pat on the back uh all right uh what else we got if you haven't left us a review we would appreciate that five stars makes us happy and if you can actually, like, write out a review, we haven't had somebody actually take the time to write out a review for us, at least on Apple Podcasts, since the end of July. And that that's just shameful. That haunts my bones. If uh, And if you have any stories about Robert, like I said, hook us up. We'd love to hear them. So that's all I will ramble on about for now. I know you're just pointing. I'm sorry. But, you know, all good things must come to an end. Uh, apparently. Robert's just never going to end, so if you think he's a good thing, then then I'm wrong. Um, anyway, be good. Know that we love you. We appreciate you. You rock our world, and we hope we bring a little bit of joy into your life every week. So keep kicking butt. You got this. I know you do. You're sick and twisted enough to enjoy this show. You can roll with the punches in life, okay? All right. With that, I'll just say my usual... An unsurprising, Brad out. You survived another episode of Kellen Missing Hidden. The podcast about bad things. Join us next time for another true and thrilling story.